Good afternoon and welcome to the Investing for the Long Term podcast. Today we are discussing bonds and why investors should consider including them in their portfolios. And we're speaking with Flavio Carpenzano, a fixed income specialist and investment director of the Capital Group. Flavio, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now, Flavio, why should investors buy bonds? Yeah, uh, that's a very uh, good question, particularly in the recent market. And uh, that's why usually bonds are perceived as a complex asset class. And there is some truth on that. But uh, I want to do a step back and uh, like what, what a bond is. I mean, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's clear to everyone. I think many people have got no idea what they are, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's why it's important to do like a little bit of the of the basic. And if you think it, it it's very simple. You as an investor, you lend money to an entity, which can be a country, can be a corporate. And uh, on the way back, if uh, there's no default of this entity, you receive the money back after five years, 10 years, depending on the tenure. And in the meantime, you receive a, a coupon, which uh, at the end of the day is uh, the yield, the return that you get on the bond. So that's basically, that, that, that's basically it. And uh, f- from that perspective, that's why not all the bonds are equal. You have different bonds based on a different maturity, different coupon. The entity can be different, can be a developed uh, country, can be an emerging market. The company can be high quality, lower quality. So you can see it comes with a lot of variety, uh, which is different than the equity market, where in the, in the equity market, you have a one company, one stock. In the fixed income market, you have a one company that issue bond, issue debt, uh, but you have a, a lot of bonds. So uh, just to put in perspective, if you look at the market, like the global corporate uh, market, you have uh, 2,000 issuers, so 2,000 companies that they issue that, but you have 15,000 bonds. Uh, you can look at uh, one uh, car maker company like Volkswagen in the market has uh, more than 80 bonds. Uh, so I think that's the, the main difference, which then brings a lot of opportunity. You have a, a large size, uh, you, we're talking about a 70 trillion, seven zero. Uh, uh, market size. This was 20 years ago. It was just uh, 12 trillion. So you can see the massive growth and the massive variety of the bonds. But but uh, but Flavio, from an investor's point of view, there are lots of ways to to raise income. What? Well, why should they specifically choose bonds? Yeah, because if you think is 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 one of the main feature of a of a bond. So if you think about the, there are four key roles. In, in investing in bonds is really one income, two inflation protection, capital preservation, and diversification from equity. And if you think uh, the way I mentioned, income is probably the, the first one is, uh, is important as a need, but then also is a natural feature, is a natural characteristic of a bond, because as I said at the beginning, the bond pay you a coupon, which is compulsory, and this is different than the dividend that you can get from equity, which is discretionary. So income is the first, uh, role. The second one is inflation protection. And again, this is not for all the bonds, but you have some bonds in the market uh, that are called inflation uh, linked bonds. And uh, these kind of uh, bonds, they are issued usually by uh, countries like the US and the coupon that they pay is indexed to the level of inflation. So what it means when inflation increase, the coupon that you as an investor receive is much higher. And that's why over the last few months, they become quite popular and the price increase because investors are concerned about inflation. Now, you also mentioned mentioned diversification. What did you mean by that? 
Yeah, that, that's a good point. When I say diversification, is diversification from the equity market. So in a diversified portfolio, some investors, they already invest in the equity market, mix these uh, uh, investment in stocks with investment in bonds, uh, help to diversify your risk. Why? Because when you look historically, the correlation between the bond and the equity has been negative. Uh, what I mean is that when the equity market goes up, usually U.S., Treasury or general safe government bond, uh, they tend to uh, go the other way around. So this creates a smoother return. And just to give you an idea, uh, this is particularly true during uh, stress times, during crisis time. Uh, I, I mean, the most recent example is definitely the COVID crisis in uh, March 2020. When you look at the stock market there, let's say the S&P 500 went down by 35% in March 2020. The U.S. Treasury uh, bonds, in particular, the long-dated one, they went up by 12%. And the same similar path you see during the financial crisis. So that's where we say the diversification from equity, which is also partly linked to the capital preservation, which is the other role that bonds have in the portfolio, particularly the, the safer bonds, the, the government bonds with high quality. They represent the anchor of your portfolio. Why? Because the reality is that when you look over the medium term, let's say over the three years, usually these high quality bonds, uh, they offer a positive return. And so that's why they, there is a sort of capital preservation there. So just to summarize again, why investing in bond, the four main roles are income, inflation protection, capital preservation and diversification from equity. Now, you mentioned positive returns. However, I, I read in the news that the Luxembourg government issued bonds and they were offering a negative yield, but they were still quickly taken up by the market. Why are people effectively paying to lend money to the government? I understand. This is definitely counterintuitive. We've been doing over the dispute over the last few years. You mentioned the Luxembourg, uh, Luxembourg government bond. The German bond is the same, offering a yield of minus 0.4%. Let, let me say, say first that the majority of the negative yielding bonds are in the very safe quality asset issued by Germany, Japan, so are mainly denominated in Euro and Yen. So this is the majority. But then there are probably three main reasons why investors, they buy government bond, even a negative yielding. And I call it the 3D, uh, D for diversification, for defense and demand. So these are the main, th the main three. And if you tease it out, a little bit the diversification we already discussed about that is diversification from equity so i don't want to spend uh, much more time there there is a, another aspect which is partly correlated which is the defense the fact that as i mentioned before in crisis time this is offer you um, like a limit the downside of the portfolio and so that's why you, it's, it's a sort of insurance at the end it's like you pay for having something during rainy days and the third is the demand so what uh, is really driven the demand of this bond so far and probably will continue is a, is a two aspects. You have a one end, you have a natural demand from uh, central banks. As you know, as a part of the quantitative easing programs that have been in place for the last two decades, actually now, uh, you have central banks that they directly bought government bonds. And so to put in perspective today, the Federal Reserve in the US owns 22% of the U.S. Treasury market. The European Central Bank owns 25% of the Eurozone government bond market, and the Bank of Japan owns 43%. So this is already a player that they buy this one. But outside from that, 
which definitely are not economical, ancient. If you look more on the private side, there is still demand. And the demand is, is uh, uh, coming from that part of the population that they are less young. So it's partly related to the very well-known aging uh, population. You, you might ask how the two are connected. And, and the reality is that uh, the investment needs of a young person is different than the investment needs of an older person or close to retire. Because uh, as a young person, you have in front of you many years before retiring, so you have an incentive to invest much more in the equity. You are more able to take risk. If you are a person close to retire, uh, what you want is more predictability of your pension. You cannot absorb big fall in uh, your portfolio because you don't, you don't have so many years to recover. And so you want more stable income. And as I said at the beginning, bonds provide that. And that's why you can still see demand for bonds, even at years that they are relatively low. But here's the thing, Fravio. If I was going to invest into a bond, I could, of course, just keep that cash inside of my bank account, uh, nice and safe uh, inside of that bank. It, actually, wouldn't it be better for me just to keep it deposited in a bank rather than buy the bond? Uh, actually, that, that's, a, that's a good question. And uh, uh, to be honest, there is this perception of safety in the deposit, which is there in one end. Uh, what I will mention is the hidden risk. This hidden risk, we don't see this very well, but it's called inflation. What it means is that if you have inflation in the economy, and I'm not talking even about the inflation that we see today at 6% in the US or much higher, but even assume a 2% inflation every year, what it means is that in five years' time, 10% of that deposit has been hurted uh, by inflation. What it means is that your uh, purchase power of that 100 euros is lower. So reality is that you are losing money. You just don't see that you lose money in real terms. But talking of losing money, don't some bonds default and then you could lose it all? Uh, that's also a good point. And that's why when you think about a, a cash substitute, we are not, told, we are not talking here to buy very risky bonds in the, they say, high yield or emerging market where the probability of default is higher. When you look about a cash substitute, you want to invest still in something safe, uh, where the probability of default is very low, it can be a safe government bond, it can be a safe corporate bond, uh, that uh, historically the default has been virtually zero, so you still hold your cash. You might have some volatility around time, but at the end of the day, they still provide a positive yield, uh, which is basically a buffer versus the inflation. Now, we've seen that prices of basic commodities are rising at the moment. Um, what impact is this having on bonds? And are you surprised by that? Yeah, usually what you should expect in, a, in this inflationary environment, uh, bonds, they tend to behave quite negatively, at least in the short term. And the reason for that is uh, uh, basically in a normal market condition, you should expect central banks they want to fight inflation, and to do that, they increase rates. So when you increase rates, usually the price goes down. There is a negative correlation between the yield and the price. Uh, and so when you have expectation of increasing rates, like what was happening nowadays in, in the US, usually the price of the bond goes down, and, and that's why inflation tends to be marginally negative in the short term. Reality is that over the long term, actually bond perform very well, also in a positive 
um, inflationary environment as long as inflation doesn't go out of control at 6%. So that's the first important thing over the, the medium term. But then the other side is that, again, bringing back to the fact that not all the bonds are equal. I mentioned before, you might invest actually in inflation-linked bonds that they are positively affected by inflation. So actually, you still uh, have a positive return. Or you might invest in other bonds that they, they are indirectly impacted by uh, inflation and increasing uh, commodity price like uh, high yield bonds. When you look at the high yield bond market, so corporate with lower quality, the energy component is quite uh, high. And so those energy companies, they definitely benefit from a higher commodity prices. So again, there's not just one single solution. You can still find opportunity in bonds, even in this inflationary environment. Now, for people who are concerned about the environment and sustainability, is there any way to gain exposure to that market through bonds? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the way you should, you, you should see that is uh, two, two different ways. One is probably more direct, uh, and uh, they are called ESG bonds, so environmental, socially green bonds, and also part of that, they are the green bonds. So they, they are bonds where the proceeds are used to finance a green project. Uh, usually you have a financial institution that they issue those bonds, utilities company that they issue two bonds to finance this energy transition. Uh, the, the, the market is, is growing. I mean, now it's almost 1 trillion. Uh, you can see of this 1 trillion market, 75% they are green bonds. The issuance is growing. If you look in uh, just 2021, you had uh, around uh, almost 200 billion uh, of new issuance of, uh, of those bonds. And again, mainly issued by financial and utilities. So uh, th there might be some opportunities there. Sometimes the valuation and the yield that they offer, so the potential return, is not as attractive as the similar non-green bond uh, issued by the same company. So there is a premium to pay that. But it's definitely an interesting market. I, I think from uh, our perspective, from capital group perspective, even if we invest uh, on a selective basis on uh, these green bonds, we tend to prefer a more holistic approach. Uh, and what, what I say that, I mean, we integrate uh, ESG in our investment in bonds. And from that perspective, we created um, almost 30 different proprietary framework to analyze ESG from a materiality perspective. So what's the real impact of that? And of course, this is a, there is a framework quite specific for energy companies and utilities companies. So this is more a holistic approach. And the other part, which is important for us, is the engagement. And the engagement at Capital Group it happens also leveraging the equity and business and the research uh, equity where we do proxy vote, uh, also, uh, of course. And so the fixed income research analysts work very close with the equity research analysts. And from that perspective, you engage in the company and it's a way to help this energy transition. That was Flavio Carpenzano, a fixed income specialist and investment director of the Capital Group. Flavio, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Tune in next month for a new episode of the podcast with the Capital Group, Investing for the Long Term. This communication is of a general nature and not intended to provide investment advice or to be a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Statements attributed to an individual represent the opinions of that individual and may not necessarily reflect the view of Capital Group or its affiliates.